Welcome to the Vulnerability Rocks podcast. You're listening to Emma Bell, and I believe that true healing starts with sharing. This week, I would like to welcome Emily to the Vulnerability Rocks podcast. I have been following her and her journey with her little fam and her two amazing little girls who have got characters like you just wouldn't believe. So at the end, I'll share the handles. You can go follow them and uh, see them grow because they are incredible and a testament to this lovely mama that's in front of me. Um, Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad to be here. It's so exciting. Me too. Nice to actually talk to another human being. (laughs) An adult one, you mean? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That poor control and... (laughs) So I've invited you on because I've been following your journey and um, when you were pregnant with Rocky and winter was still really little how old was winter when you fell pregnant with rocky um 18 months or just before yeah and i noticed that there was um some struggle points for you through that pregnancy Mm -hmm. that i wanted to talk to you about today and also kind of the transition between being a mama of one to being a mama of two what that journey has been like for you and um your feelings and emotions and fears around that but Mm. also you have told me that there's something that you'd like to talk to me about (laughs) so I'm intrigued um where would you like to start um I guess I'll start with the pregnancy and the like anxieties I had during that Mm. um and then I guess that can kind of lead into the other things I want to talk about yeah yeah. um so yeah with with Rocky I uh, he's my second Mm. I really struggled with um just feelings of I was I was terrified of how I was going to cope with two, how um, things like how the birth was going to go, but mostly how I was going to mother and how I was going to deal with it all. Mm. Um, because and, that, and those kind of anxieties um, just grew and grew into every day. I struggled with just little tasks, you know, deciding. Just silly little things. It would just be too much, and I'd, um, you know, those get the sweats, and I'd shake, and I'd kind of start to panic and have like panic attacks over really silly things that would just end up driving me mad because it felt so, um, you know, it was just it was silly. It didn't feel like I was worrying about anything significant enough because especially when I I talk to people about it, they just say you've got nothing to worry about, which makes it worse because. Mm. you're worrying so much and then mm. you feel crazy mm. so yeah I really um with both pregnancies actually I struggled mentally with that kind of thing the first one I was just I was just really down I worried a lot about how I was going to mother and how um how I was going to react to having having a kid I could always imagine myself with older children playing and being more kind of physical but the the baby bit of like just loving and taking care of someone I was just really terrified of how to do that Mm. um and obviously it's turned out totally fine and I love it and actually I've enjoyed with Rocky the second um my second child I've enjoyed the baby bit so much I actually want another one which I never thought I'd say (laughs) 
because um, as soon as they're out it's like oh it's, it's it's okay yes it's really hard mm. but you just get through each day each moment passes and mm. and you know you wake up again the next day and it is of course it's all fine um but yeah so I I struggled with that but I think it may have seemed like I struggled more but I was much more open about it this time this pregnancy Mm-hmm. Instagram has been so wonderful for me for, for that I've just uh, it's been a place where I can kind of express how I feel and I've always struggled with that mm-hmm. um I've always kept like not diaries but like just I've always written things down um but Instagram was suddenly this place where I could write how I was feeling and um kind of it's like you have this like invisible wall don't you like I'm putting it out there which feels really refreshing Mm -hmm. um but you're you're opening yourself up to you know you're being really vulnerable and I guess that feels refreshing in itself but yeah it's strange it feels like there's a kind of safety blanket even though you're talking to thousands of people (laughs) it's really weird um I guess a lot of people that follow me are in the same boat or I know they would have been you know I get so much help from from other people who who often just say it's okay you know I felt like that too or you're doing a great job or Mm. which is great so um yeah although yeah I did struggle um mentally with Rocky when I was pregnant since she's been out it's been wonderful Mm. um but yeah I, I I as I've got older I've been much better at being able to talk about how I feel Mm. Mm. but not great yet because that's why I keep getting you know in my life I keep getting these moments of all times of anxiety where I just it all gets too much and I'm like I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine everything's fine and then I'm like I can't breathe I can't breathe and you know well yeah I don't know if you anxiety is the pits and and Mm. I don't know what that's like um you know in in terms of uh you know your pregnancy and how you felt but what I noticed when you were talking was and what I liked about the way you were talking I didn't like the fact that you weren't feeling good don't get me wrong right (laughs) that's not what I mean but I loved the fact that you were using that space for you, because I know that you very much use your space on Instagram. Uh, it's your space, right? And you own it and you own it beautifully. But I'm also very, very aware of the help that would have brought to so many people because you normalized something that I feel a lot of women may well experience in their pregnancies, but mm-hmm. may not come forward and talk about so easily. And I love the way that you you were vulnerable and shared that because when we share things, we suddenly realise we're not alone and you would have helped so many people to know mm. that they weren't alone. And 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 as you say, you do get messages back where people say, you know, I felt like that too. And it, and it kind of goes both ways. It's like a two-way street, mm. isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think actually it's quite interesting that I, I, I try to... I often talk about struggles once it's like a success story when you're like I've been really struggling recently but now I'm okay and it was because of this and I sorted it out with this um and that can be helpful but sometimes it's it's good to just say I'm having a really hard time and um but that's really hard to say because it makes you feel like you're not coping because you haven't 
coped yet you haven't kind of got through the other other ha- side haven't solved it yet right mm. and, that, and and we do get I think it is in us to have a problem solve it and then we can talk, you know like you say talk about yeah. victory and to talk about things in real time requires an extra layer of courage um and vulnerability to do that because guess what we we're in the struggle and we don't have the answers yet right so that's even more daunting to share in that moment isn't it yeah also because uh when often when you're feeling worried or anxious or yeah anxiety's kind of got you by the balls at the time Mm. it can often be um confusing actually you know it might not be for a really it might just be for nothing at all really on paper so it's hard to kind of complain or say like I'm having a really hard time I'm feeling really down but ever you know my life's really good I've got like two healthy young girls that are, are lovely and I've got a partner and I live you know life is good and I've got really nothing to stress about but here's me panicking about absolutely nothing at all and it's it's sometimes you can kind of beat I can beat myself up about you know, you're fine to stop whinging <laughs> but it's it's not it, it's not about that is it it's about how you're able to yeah how you how you're coping with and I've always found exercise has been a huge um help for that it's been yeah. my um um not just for like the endorphins and all that kind of thing that exercise gives you but that mental strength of getting through mm you know you the set or the workout mm-hmm. where you think like, I can't do this I can't do this and you do it it's it's that like I can you know just those moments of achievement that I, I rely on quite heavily mm-hmm. um you know just someone's here saying like you can do it because you, yeah. you keep doing it so it's fine just yeah just and the thing thinking. is and, and that's that brings me nicely onto this point what you've said there you know like I've got every I've got this amazing life I've got this partner I've got these two children we can be both right we mm-hmm. can we can have on paper everything looking lovely and nice but we can have all of our emotions all at the same time and it's absolutely okay and we can be both mm-hmm. right we can be completely grateful and over the moon with our family and our partner and still have anxiety and worry sitting and coexisting and um that's life right that's being mm-hmm. human and it's okay um mm-hmm. and then Equally, the exercise thing is interesting because with the anxiety, the anxiety is normally telling us all the bad stuff, right? It's normally telling us that we can't do these things, we're not capable, whatever it is, everyone's internal dialogue is different, but it will be full of fear and worry and panic and generally shortcomings and not enoughs. So Mm. when you then go and do exercise and you do it and achieve it, it's like a the argument coming the other way right well you can mm-hmm. right so it's like brings mm-hmm. that balance I suppose yeah I think some people feel um the exercise might be a time to escape your thoughts and your feelings and your worries mm-hmm. but it, it's a time for me to actually really get inside my head like I I really feel I'm feeling my, what my body's doing and I'm feeling like I can't do this I can do it I'm doing this you know I, mm-hmm. I don't it's not it's not an escape from me it's an escape from my my environment mm. um escape sounds like a bad word like you're trying to run away from something but uh yeah so I don't I don't use it as like yeah trying to run away from my problems I'm actually it's a way of like tackling them in, in a way yeah um 
which is great, which is also why I struggled um, through pregnancies. Obviously I still exercised and stuff through pregnancy, but I wasn't able to in the same kind of way push my body. Um, And I wasn't exercising as much. And when I feel really kind of heavy with the anxiety, I just want to hide in bed. I don't want to, you know, so those days I didn't do anything. And um, that's when I, you know, I really lean on the exercise to help me feel like I'm, I'm just managing Mm -hmm. stuff. So when I'm not able to exercise as much, I'm like, oh, I've got no no coping coping mechanism. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So um, the thing I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah, tell um, me. And I wanted to talk about it because I never talk about it, and I think it's something. Well, I know it's something that something happened uh, when I was younger. Um, that it was always like something I dealt with. It was fine. You know, it's quite. It was like a trauma. Mm-hmm. um I'll explain what happened in a second mm-hmm. but you know it's like you just put on a brave face and you go through life and everything's fine that weird thing happened but it's fine and actually it hugely affects my everyday and all these things I'm talking about with anxiety and feeling um like I'm not coping and stuff I really think all stem from this thing that happened where I felt hugely out of control mm-hmm. I think it's important to talk about with someone like you who I can just yeah. sit and <laughs> you know I don't know just just be honest and we yeah mm. um so when I when I was 12 um which is like a real kind of coming of age type time in your life isn't it um, difficult time I, 12 like yeah yeah it's difficult like but you know like the those years I think like when you start to come into that time 10 to like High 13 14 yeah it's tough you go to high school when well, mine was tough. called high school yeah. And it's like, oh, the world. Yeah. Anyway, I, so I lived on like um, a country estate. That sounds really posh. But basically, um, we, my mum and my stepdad worked for these really rich people who had this big lot of land. And, um, you know, it was amazing living there. We lived in the middle of nowhere. And there was a couple of houses in this estate, like five miles. It's huge. Mm. And one of those houses, the closest one to ours, which was about a mile and a half away, was the gamekeeper. So he he had, he looked after all the land, whatever. And he had seven really badly looked after um, vicious dogs, basically. They kept them in like cages outside. It was really, it was horrible. Hmm. Um, and I happened to be riding my bike, well, and he never let them out, like it wasn't, yeah. So I was riding my bike, kind of past his house, um, hmm. off into the village. <laughs> it's like hiding um <laughs> and I noticed all these dogs were out he let them all out um so they were you know like pack mentality kind of tourist you know, looking after their land you know they're being mm-hmm. territorial is the word. Mm-hmm. um and they basically just just you know attacked me but jumped me and mm-hmm. um was one specifically um that was like you know, he grabbed my leg and pulled me towards him. He was in the field. It was just really, oh my really traumatic. Like, yeah, you just kind of thing you see on a film or something. So that was, um, you know, and, and things like I was wearing a T-shirt and shorts. And my T-shirt was all ripped open. And that's why I said, like, you know, I was 12. And I just felt so exposed, not just because of that, but 
I had all these dogs. It was just awful. So everything was fine. You know, I took me to hospital and all that. I was in hospital for quite a long time. Um, so I yeah, had lots of time off um, uh, school and stuff like that. And I was in a wheelchair and things. It was really brutal. Oh my but I was very much like, um, I just never, never um, dealt with it. I never really talked about it. When I did talk about it, it was like in court. So this huge court case went, you know, for years. And I had like offerings of like counseling and stuff, but I just never, I just couldn't cope with doing it. I didn't want to talk about it. I just wanted to kind of smile through. Everything's fine. Aren't I wonderful? I can just keep going and, um, you know, brush it off. And it's just, it's just over the years. And now I've got two kids. I'm just full of um, oh, what's it called when you mums get it all the time. Oh my god, I've forgotten it. When you when you worry about um, you're holding your child going down the stairs and you just have intrusive thoughts. That's okay. It. When you yeah. think about like the worst thing that could happen mm-hmm. um, and not being able to look after them, not being able to save them. Like I have that all the time. Um, and I get, I still get nightmares all the time and I'm 34, like I've done, you know, so all these like things I'm kind of, you know, the worries I have that I feel are trivial, I think all stem from this time of just feeling completely out of control. Um, and not just the, the, the event that happened, but thereafter, I mean, I don't want to talk at you for hours. I could go on for hours about this, but my mum and my stepdad then who worked on this estate lost their job and they broke up and then my mum we were like homeless basically it was awful um and I felt hugely responsible that this event was my fault and it was this catalyst for everything going wrong um so (laughs) yeah that I just I just I never talk about it and I think that I've grown up feeling like keep your head down just keep smiling don't complain because what's the point you know what's the point in asking for help essentially which is crazy Mm. um and I think now with my girls I almost go the other way I'm constantly telling them like you're amazing you're good enough you can do whatever you want you know I love you so much you know I'm, I'm almost like overly gushing to them like you know, talk to me about how you're feeling, and I'm I'm always talking about emotions, and um, yeah, I worry I maybe go a bit too much. Oh gosh, you know, it's a lot, and I mean, just just a couple of things. Like, there's a lot to it, and obviously, well, it's literally heavy, just no, but like, no, but you literally just um, you know, you've given me like the story, but obviously, but beneath that, there must be so much because that out of control feeling when you're young is so incredibly overwhelming and then I noticed that you said you know I I was 12 right so Mm. and and your clothes have been ripped open Mm. which I'm the 12 part and the coming into age part I'm guessing is is behind that what you said Mm. there and feeling incredibly vulnerable and exposed so it's not just the fact and I say just the fact that you have been you know viciously attacked by these dogs 
but it's then the social impact of the physical kind of presentation of you in that moment mm. at that time at that age yeah it's the exact word I just felt completely like yeah exposed emotionally physically I mean this this is something I've never never talked about anyone about you know my clothes being ripped and all that kind of thing mm. it was it was my leg that people worried about you know and mm. um but yeah I just I'm, just, I'm actually shaking my hands are shaking oh. <laughs> it's fine it's good it's good I just um I feel now at yeah 34 with two kids um I'm really analyzing myself and why I behave in certain ways you know was my upbringing what things I went through of course it mm. is but you really think about those things and, and that affects how you want to mother your own children mm -hmm. and how I want to kind of protect them and you know yeah. make sure they don't have any horrible things that they get to you of course you can't do yeah. that you kind of have to but it makes yeah. sense it makes sense mm. right with with what you've gone through and the confusion the out of control the vulnerability the exposure that you felt in that moment and your age is critical in that time and mm. it adds an added layer of complexity to it right because we are very mm. self self-aware at that time I don't really like to use the word self-conscious because it's it feels like it, we shouldn't be self-aware right we become hugely mm. self-aware mm. in those years as we should do um it's completely normal to be more you know really self-aware at that time and I just think you had so much to deal with there and you also said that you went on to have a court case as well mm, oh my god that was awful yeah it went on for years and it, I, I didn't want to do it oh. I just was happy to just you know move on and we had to keep talking about it and talking about it and the guy who was um who owned the dogs he was like representing himself so he was standing up asking me these questions kind of telling me I'm lying it was awful awful and I remember actually there was a big thing for me at the time I was like 15 16 um or like yeah 14 15 16 um about what to wear and how to present myself because at that age I wanted to kind of look smart but like attractive it was weird I wanted to kind of be like this and also vulnerable it was super strange and I remember being really paranoid about how I what I wore mm -hmm. um I remember my dad saying like just remember you're you're a kid like no one no one's thinking about this and I get so wound up about how I wanted to be seen by others mm. um and yeah it was awful it was so bad but um it, it went on for years because oh these things are just full of like I don't know there's all these like loopholes and it was kind of uh my word against his about um whether the dogs were um vicious or he was saying I was enticing them all that kind of thing. anyway um that's why it went on for so long but uh and then after, this baby's a bit too honest, mm. when I won the money, mm. which I didn't really care, care about at that age, really. I didn't mm. really have the, the value, you know. I just whittled it away on, on kind of self-destruction, 
partying a lot and traveling and I did I did some great things but I just kind of I just yeah I just um wanted to forget about the whole thing I think and just spend it all on having a good time <laughs> well and and actually coping yeah 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 I, as it says it was was it a good time I mean I I laugh about it now but you know I spent quite a few years um not really liking myself and just wanting to yeah just bury my head in it in 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 think, um, yeah and surviving right surviving mm-hmm. what you've just gone through and the thing is if that had happened to you at 11 and the court case didn't happen till a, a number of years later mm. um I think anything like that when you're young is so incredibly layered um I was involved in a court case totally different reasons but when I was the event happened when I was 16 and the court case happened when I was 18 so two and a half years now I was a bit older than you at that time but what I'm coming to is when something big has happened in a young person's life and then you add the complexity of a court case on top of that I know as an a child I was a child at the time. I always thought I was an adult, right? Because I was involved in this very complicated thing um, that was very important. That was somebody's word against mine. I was always thinking that that meant that I no longer had the right to be childlike or young and that actually I I was a, a fully grown adult. But the truth is, I mean, you're not at 16 to 18, let alone 11 12, 13 and 14, like yourself. So I can relate to parts of it in that it it suddenly puts this, puts this huge amount of pressure on you as a very young child to do something very adult that Mm. we are simply not ready to do, I don't believe. Mm. Um, And therefore we do our best, right? And you saying things like, oh, you know, I turned up and I was dressing, wanted to dress smart and well, guess what? you're trying like it makes sense to me that you'd be like that way because you're you've been thrust into a very grown-up situation or you 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 know put into a situation where you you are being judged yes that's like that's that's exactly what it is you're being you're people are really think looking at who you are and what you're saying and how you're presenting yourself like that that's what it's about right yeah and Um, it comes down to whether or not you're I don't know I don't know about you but for me believable as a person and who you are as a person and I think that's huge for any young person to go through I don't know about you because you're a bit older but um not just the court case this goes for like a huge part of my this time that time in my life like those teenage years there's very little I actually remember like Mm. I've blanked out so much um I don't remember what I remember what the court looked like. I remember what I was wearing, but I don't remember what the words I said. And I especially don't remember, I have like a few days where I can picture those years of like 15, 16, you know, we were moving around. A lot happened in my life and I just, I shut down. I just didn't take it in. I just, and that was like a coping mechanism. I just, I was unhappy. My mum was unhappy and I just like, nope just this isn't this isn't happening Mm. and now I've just got no memory of those Mm. years just like a few snippets of like Mm. playing 
and we're playing a piano in one of the houses we moved in and that's about it yeah um and that's yeah it's really sad like you just shut off a load of that I mean I was partying quite a lot of the time as well that might have something to do with it but you know like it's also just too much um for one human being to process all of these things when when there's a lot coming in quick succession um and I certainly yeah. have snippets especially the court case court case from it was like a two or three days can't even remember two or three day court court case can't remember exactly and it I just have snippets I know I was there but mm. if you asked me to recount everything I couldn't yeah. um I couldn't mad isn't it because you think it's something that would stay with you forever but I think it's it's traumatic and you just yeah don't take it in well and or also you... everyone around you is giving their accounts and 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 you know like you say it's all all going to boil down to do they believe me Mm. and and the language they use in those kind of environments is just like you know you I I couldn't keep up with like how the judge spoke and stuff Mm -hmm. it was like Mm. I don't understand what you're saying you know how they word the questions is like not how you speak to people normally day to day um it's really intimidating yeah and a really antagonizing environment I think that's the point isn't it to be to be intimidating and to make you feel yeah uncomfortable yeah very much so Mm. um and and a very antagonizing environment as well especially when you you get cross-examined um I can't remember necessarily what I said but I can remember feeling incredibly stressed and almost sort Mm -hmm. of disassociating from my physical self in that moment it's like I was kind of watching myself do it yeah um and I noticed that you said that you didn't you didn't want to pursue it and and neither did I you know it's interesting I had to the crown prosecution made me but I didn't want to so Mm. it's just it's just and then you end up swept along in this process that one you didn't want the event to happen and two you didn't really sign up for this process either for me anyway like yeah I don't know about you and I just I was just thinking then about how many this must just happen every day and and at the age I was I was just you know all the adults were just sorting it out it wasn't my decision to go let's take him to court um the police took him to court and that took a few years because it was on a public footpath it was like a thing the police do Mm. and then we took them to court I think it was for like um money sounds crazy now but like money for plastic surgery in the future I think that was the whole kind of point to take you know Mm. and I was just I don't think I had the confidence at that time to say can we just stop I don't want to don't want to talk about it um and you just go over I think actually this this probably has um an impact on why I disassociate you know I don't talk about it it's because or, or I disassociate the emotions a lot from it um you go over and over and over and over a traumatic experience it becomes a story that you're just reading and reading you know it's like it's just it's just words then and then to to then go and talk about it to a counsellor or you know when your granddad might say how are you really feeling you're like oh fine fine I don't want to go into this again it's fine um and you just bear, bury my head in the sand. 
and um yeah it is I think it's come back to bite me in the ass <laughs> like my 30s pregnant like <gasps> how am I gonna how am I gonna look after someone else you know if I start looking after myself or I, you know if anything bad ever happens to them what am I gonna do or um yeah I think also um this is a very <laughs> deep thing to just brush over but um my mum as well and my dad so they they'd broken up for this when that event happened they broke up when I was like four um and that was all fine at that age I just kind of you know just got on with it and it was just fun weekends with my dad um but both parents actually as wonderful as they are um do not talk about emotions like they my dad is like you know the reason they broke up basically is because he just refused to argue (laughs) um he's you know he doesn't his mood is very much the same all the time he's great and it's usually a happy you know happy-go-lucky mood Uh, my mum is quite kind of was then when I was a kid quite stressed and angry and um yeah we just didn't talk about how we felt at all uh in fact we were always told you know you don't cry you don't cry don't don't kind of make yourself vulnerable we don't talk about we never even said I remember when I was about I was probably teenager 16 or 17 when I decided to tell my dad I loved him and I felt really weird about it because we didn't say that to each other in our family I'm one of three girls and they we never said that to our parents and I felt a bit weird like is he gonna think I'm being like I can't think it's your boyfriend say to your dad you love him and then now I say it all the time oh god I say it to my kids all the time and to my mum and to my dad but at the time I was like I want to I want to say how I feel and um I was terrified about how it would come across isn't that interesting like, oh, no. when you say you were terrified about how it would come across because because you thought it was the only thing the sort of thing you would say to a romantic partner so then yeah well yeah because I just we, the word was just never used in my in my house like we didn't say like I love you you know flippantly I remember my friend um my best friend when I was younger she used to say to her mum and dad I love you before she left the house all the time and I felt I felt a bit uncomfortable when I was with her I felt a bit weird like why are you telling me you love them um Oh, which is crazy now, but it's not. Yeah, it's not though. It's, it's, it's not. And... It's, it's not crazy, and uh, you know, like similarly, those were they were never said in my household, and mm. physical affection wasn't something I ever witnessed. Mm-hmm. Um, I only ever noticed words of affection and physical affection if someone was sick or okay, had hurt yeah. themselves. But other than that, no. Um, so I. I I get I get what you're saying like um you know it, it took me for, to move out and to move back not to move to move out sorry I moved out very young to, to then start visiting them when mm-hmm. I then started to become more affectionate in my social circles and be sort of more emotionally kind of connected to people and then I would come back and I would hug them and my family would be like you know like rigid like planks like oh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think my dad's used to it now because I'm like, yeah. Oh god, I just do it. I do it all the time. I say it all the time, but yeah, at the time, um, it's weird because like, you don't really know how to do it. They don't really know how to 
Yeah, God, it's strange. Do it or receive it. (laughs) (laughs) They don't really know how to do it or receive it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So then I think it was probably really tough for my mum as well, because of course there's reasons for that. I mean, my dad grew up, he's, he's from like a farming background and his parents are very like, you know, just go feed the cows. And my mum was like, you know, her, her and her mother never really had a, a close relationship, still don't. Her dad, she did, but they, I don't think they like, you know, told each other they loved them or anything. My mum's just, then that generation, I think, don't come from a very gushy kind of, I do, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I'm, yeah. I'm um, assuming here, but so, you know, we're all just doing what we feel is best for our kids and stuff and I, and I honestly believe my mum brought us up um quite I used to say strict but she wasn't strict she was just quite stern and you know we yeah we didn't emotions just weren't there to be had or talked about and we had lots of jobs and we got on with it and she she felt like she was bringing us up to be really self-sufficient and strong and um actually there's huge strength now I know now in vulnerability and in being feminine and and emotional and and talking about how you feel and being sensitive uh, there's huge strength in that you don't have to be closed off for people to respect you or to get um yeah love yeah yeah <laughs> or to be seen and uh, to be seen as capable and mm. to to be seen as capable and not weak and you know we, yeah. we can be emotional it doesn't mean that you're weak it means quite the opposite to me anyway it's mm-hmm. co- completely the opposite um it shows incredible strength and courage and bravery because as you say generations that have come before us more often than not not in all cases but quite often have come from places where they were taught that to show those things was a weakness it wasn't a strength mm-hmm. right and grow up in these different belief systems it's no reflection on whether someone's a good parent or not it's just different teachings different learnings and um yeah I mean I I believe as you know hence the title of the podcast the completely the opposite right (laughs) that it's incredibly strong to show up as you are in all in all aspects um Mm. Because otherwise we start going into this pretense and this pretending, which becomes exhausting and then oh my God. isolating. And ugh. Mm. I was actually talking to someone the other day about kind of your presence on Instagram, one's presence on social media mm. and um, how you kind of, you know, how you, how you work that. And I just, I couldn't think of anything worse to constantly be showing up as someone else like acting in a way it would just be exhausting um and that's part of that's I love I feel so lucky that I've got this this platform um to it's like an open diary I it helps me so much um because I'm really lucky that the people that follow me and I communicate with are really similar to me you know they're kids or they you have the same kind of dislikes and likes. You're not everyone, but it seems most people I really feel like I can talk to. And it, I, I've got a voice that it's amazing. It's so amazing. Mm. Um, and I'm lucky enough to do a little bit. 
of of work on Instagram here and there like I do the odd ad which has mm. helped a lot through this year when I haven't been working mm. um but yeah that's that's like you know I'm conscious of always wanting to be just me just just you know not trying to be like presenting myself in any other way because I'd find that so much more of a weight than than just being yourself oh completely and I think it, it completely is and the minute that I've come from like a corporate had a corporate job for a very long time and and one thing that my mental health journey has taught me is that the minute I start pretending, I immediately start to feel fatigued. I immediately mm. start to feel heavy, tired, burdened, because I just think, oh God, you know, you, when you have to start pretending. And that's yeah. when, that's like a flag for me. The minute I start feeling really exhausted, I have to sit there and think, have I been pretending to be okay anywhere when I'm or do you know what I mean not pretending to be someone I'm not but just that level of pretense however it comes whether you're trying to put on a show for someone and you say it is like mm. acting right mm. whether you're trying to put on a show for someone or whether you are just constantly pretending to be on top of everything all the time mm. it's you can only do it so long before you're absolutely whacked out and exhausted and you're like I can't do this anymore I'm I'm kind of hearing when you're saying that like that is how we are with our kids a lot of the time like you're it that's why it's so emotionally exhausting because Mm. especially with my toddler well yeah she's three now um it's a constant like everything's fine um you know trying to work through her emotions and it's like it's like you're acting with them do you know what I mean like I'm mm, constantly trying yeah. to be this let's do the crafts and let's do this and it's okay let's kind of manage the situation and let's calm me down and it's I, I don't know I'm I, you're constantly being this mm. character in a way where I don't show my vulnerabilities to her really I don't go I sometimes I go mummy's really stressed sorry I just shouted or whatever but Mm. I don't do that very often and you constantly have to be you know Mm. mum that you're and and the weight of um um being a role model and wanting to kind of show them your best side all the time you know Mm. this is how we deal with stressful situations dear (laughs) um it's exhausting that's what the end of the day I'm like especially these winter months I'm like do I work out and feel you know that sense of like achievement or do I just guzzle this glass of wine and feel not of a sense of achievement but this vice that I could just relax just and just yeah. be myself I don't want anyone to talk to me <laughs> no one touch me or talk to me no one touch um, me or talk to me my friends oh. um say I hear my friends say that a lot like uh, a lot of my friends are well all of my friends are mums and um I hear them say that a lot they're like I just don't want to be touched I just mm. need some time where I'm not <laughs> got anyone touching me <laughs> yeah I think uh, our, our two as well at the age well one's three and a half and one's one and a half nearly um and they are quite literally on you. And I've like chosen to just, you know, breastfeed all the time, it seems. Um, Cause I can't deal with 
uh, I can't deal with crying or like a, or, or a whingy baby. I'm just like, yep, just keep me happy. It's fine. Then I'm, I'm less stressed. So she's quite literally on me all the time. Not all the time. Hmm. Or crawling on you or jumping on you. And the other one, as soon as Don finishes work, they're, they're like playtime, especially this year when there's no like soft bed and stuff. He is literally a cl- climbing brain. And when they're in bed, we're both like, <sighs> do not speak to me. Don't move. Don't touch me. Um, yeah, you, you feel, quite, and it's wonderful. Of course, it's yeah. wonderful. And literally, what, two years time? They won't want to be on me. They won't, they won't want to be, I mean, they won't be breastfeeding hopefully by then. But they'll, it'll be totally different. So, um, yeah, I'm just trying to it oh, embrace being the human climbing thing there's a great book i don't know if you've read it uh by glenn glennon doyle called untamed have you heard of it no read it it's hilarious it's brilliant it's hilarious I've got time to read a book. Well, if i showed you the books that i've got next to my bed that i'm waiting to read oh. or i've started about six books and i just just can't seem to do it but I, saying this people often message me saying how do you find the time to to work out i probably if i switch things around i could probably read a book so audio book go on oh yeah yeah you know what i've got like you and i don't even have any children i've got two cats i don't know what my excuse is next to my bed i have four books right that i've literally got to page 10 and (laughs) audible this year has changed my life because i've got through Yeah, those same paperback books I have gone and bought again on Audible because I thought this is just never going to happen. When do, when do you listen to them? So in I put, bed? No, I put my ears in. And if I'm not washing my hair in the shower, then I do my face separately. So I wash my body and I've got my little, you know, AirPods in. They're not waterproof, are they? No, but if you're just shower, if you're not washing your head and your hair, oh, I see. wash from here and then do my face <laughs> in the sink. I can do, yeah. I can, I can do that. Do my teeth, well, wash my good. face, do my hair, get dressed. Twenty minutes a day, right? Probably, mm. and with the ears in when I'm going to the loo, when I'm making my thing, I just leave my ears in, phone in the other room, and just listen, right? And I've got through more books than I've got through like ever. Amazing. <laughs> you, you, um. You convince me. <laughs> try it. And if you do, try the book Untamed. It is okay. it's a wild ride. And but she's a great writer and she's great at normalizing being human. And um it's just I can't explain it. You need to listen to it yourself. But one of her things that she says a lot is we can do hard things. So that is their family motto. You know, like in in homes like you'll see, like, you know, love and peace is here or whatever, you know um keep calm and carry on mm. no, her motto is we can do hard things and the mm. whole book it, it, it's just incredible it's wild read it I'm sure you'll love it um everyone I've said to read it they come back and they're like Emma that's just blown my mind that book it's mm. so good try it I think that's a quote I, I yeah I, I try and live I try and live by my life by that kind of yeah I mean that, that's what I'll take away from this podcast that's for sure I mean, we, life is about the struggles we go through and, and, and getting through them and being, that's what it's all about, isn't it, really? I mean, yeah. a life with no struggle would just be, I mean, I can't imagine it. Really. Yeah. But that's why I, that's why I train, you know, that's what, for the, for the strength it make, gives me. Yeah. We can, we can get through these, these hard times and it makes you a better person. It makes you stronger, more resilient, yeah. more 
Yeah. Yeah. And um, and you did it. I saw it like, honestly, sometimes I watch some of the things you do and you just blow my mind because you've got two, <laughs> two young girls. But you obviously signed up for the triathlon. Oh, yeah. Right. And look, guys, oh, if you're, it, oh my gosh, like this woman. So <laughs> I'm just incredible. I was like, oh my God, she's amazing. So basically she signed up to do the triathlon COVID, you know, 2020. Thank you. Canceled it. So this absolute brilliant lunatic went ahead. Did it anyway? Just did it anyway. Yeah. Well, I, I just think, wow, amazing. Just amazing. I'm, I'm definitely one, I'm one for a plan. Like if something's in the diary is happening like I can't I can't yeah, she can't went ahead it. guys and, and also like, go, kind of... go back Sorry. on her Instagram and find it but she went she went in just in anyway she was smashing it out <laughs> on the bike in her garden I was like we're breastfeeding at the same time guys breastfeeding yeah. at the same time oh, I was just like wow with capital oh. W wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was great it was a, it was definitely that you know sense of achievement that I wanted it was a reason I kind of signed up for it so like year after I have my second baby and I and I and I signed up when I she was maybe a week old and I was you know up all night breastfeeding thinking like how am I ever going to get myself out of, out of bed let alone something massive as massive as this so I signed up um and I just yeah I had to do it anyway and actually it worked out really well because I was still breastfeeding so much at the time that going off on my bike for 40 kilometers would have been really it just which wouldn't have worked because I would have been worried about the girls I had to get back one would have had to nap or whatever um so I could just be in, be in the garden I had snacks and just yeah. get on with it and it, was, it was great I loved it and well I loved witnessing it honestly <laughs> and I was just I was just like this woman is incredible she's like smashing it out the garden she's got <laughs> snacks she's breastfeeding the baby like she's <laughs> just, just um yeah really cool such a cool thing oh, to do you. and that uh, you know up yours COVID she did it anyway <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. the worrying thing is now though that it was um it was it wasn't cancelled it was postponed so at some point they're going to do it again. I'm going to have to start training again. <laughs> Got to train all to over again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at least we, I know I can do it now. She'll so be double, double fit. She'll be double fit by that yeah. point. In half, half the time. I'll do it in half the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, just to go back to um, your journey from one to two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a mum of one to a mum of two. What were your obviously you shared some of the fears that have come up in parenting for you, which make total mm -hmm. sense to me, given what, what happened to you. Um, but from the mum to one to the mum to two, what, what mm -hmm. fears came up for you and what, what, what thoughts came up for you? Not being there emotionally and physically for the older one. Mm -hmm. um, because we had, at that point, we'd had such a wonderful bond as all parents do but she's particularly um she's a very sensitive soul and she's quite emotional and so we just had a kind of closeness that meant I was quite you know I had to be there for her to talk her through things and um she was very um she liked to be close to me all the time you know she's very that kind of kid so I just felt like god how am I going to give you all this with, with having a newborn um and I breastfed the first one 
right up until a month or so after, uh, before I had the second. And I was quite physically involved in, you know, the, with the older one. And I was just worried I wasn't going to be there for her, basically. Or, um, and one of my biggest stress triggers is like noise and chaos and not being able to feel like I'm coping with the situation. And yeah, the more kids, the more chaos and stress. And I just thought, I'm going to be that shouty, crazy, angry mum that's like, I can't go with this, which, you know, I have had times where I am that person, but on the whole, um, it's okay. It's okay. And also what's, what I found and what I'm sure most people find when they have uh, their second is one, the baby sleeps loads and everyone says that to you and you never remember it from the first time around because it's so stressful. So even when they're sleeping, you're not really taking it in. So the second baby sleeps a lot. So you're able to be with the first and time things are always changing with time so with every month the baby gets older and more able to do things and the older one gets older and more maybe into playing with barbies for 10 minutes rather than wanting to be on you and um you know it, it everything's changing all the time so with every six months that goes by you're almost dealing with two you know a really different situation so n not now I know it's not worth getting caught up in like, but what if this, or I can't deal with this situation because it's just, it's passing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if I have a third, I don't know what I'm, <laughs> what I'm um, it's just a whole different ball game three, but um, yeah. I love the fact fun. that you're saying that she, honestly, <laughs> I love the fact that you're like, I want another one. I love that. No. I'm here for that. <laughs> <laughs> It's just been so lovely this this oh. year, which I feel really kind of guilty for saying because it's been such a horrendous year for so many people. And I've been very lucky to have had a child of young, two young kids, but like a baby in 2020 that's just meant I've been at home with the kids all the time and I've loved it. Mm. You know, they've I've, I've been able to like, not have the added stress of work, so much work or mm. you know going to socialize or doing all these things it's like our world's become a lot smaller which is you know it's just been mm. the house and actually I found that a lot easier to manage parenting and manage you know mm. all the other things that go with it and I've mm. just there's just been so many cuddles and and I've just yeah it's been great so I think that's why I'm like let's just have another baby <laughs> but um <laughs> I'm not sure how it will be <laughs> Yeah, we're three. Let's think about that another time. <laughs> um, and this brings me nicely on to your work because you are a personal trainer, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. And you specialise with women pre and postnatal. Yes. And all of Emily's workouts, she puts she puts out so much content for expecting and new mums on her page uh, to do with play, how to keep your kids entertained quickly so you can have a wee. It's everything from that <laughs> to how to physically take care of yourself before and after and what will help and how to not push yourself too much and to respect the fact that you're pregnant or post-pregnancy. And so tell me a little bit about that side of what you do well unfortunately I haven't been doing that this year which I've mm. really 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 missed 
And my Instagram has been my kind of only outlet for that, putting up content, mm. which I love to do. But I haven't been working one-to-one with anyone, which I, yeah, really, really missed that interaction mm. and that kind of um, the satisfaction of seeing someone kind of mm. grow and, you know, go through those times. Um, so, yeah, I, I was a PT before I got pregnant. Um, and then when I had my first, I was like, so when I was pregnant with my first, I did my um, pre and postnatal course, which um, was amazing. And then once I had my first, I was like, just found I had loads of clients that um, had kids or were pregnant and it was just perfect. I just, and I could take my daughter along who, as I said, just always wanted to be next to me or on me. So it was, it was ideal really. Mm. Um, and she was really, really good. So, having the second um one of my biggest worries as well was like how am I going to work with two kids um you know I'd have to have to put them in nursery full time which is totally fine I'm not saying people shouldn't do that but I I didn't want to do that mm. so I was like how am I going to juggle being with them and working um but yeah this year is kind of so I started, I had a few um, clients when Rocky was like four or five months old mm. um, and then COVID hit. So um, that changed. So yeah, it's something I'm really looking forward to getting back into maybe when uh, winter's at school next year. Mm. Oh my um, gosh. How I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. I know. Um, oh, she's going to look so cute in a little uniform. So excited! She's so excited. <laughs> um, so yeah, when when I've got a bit more time, I'm yeah, I'm really looking forward to doing that. And uh, but until then, I'm just trying to put as much free content out as I can and help mm. people in that way, um, which is great. Um, yeah. It's obviously not as uh, you can't work with people. Uh, as personally obviously you kind of have to blanket things Mm. um, like certain exercises that might be okay for certain people on Instagram I have to say you know it's best not to do this if you're pregnant or Mm -hmm. it's very different how you talk when you're talking to the masses Mm -hmm. Um, but I still I still love doing I feel really really lucky to be able to do what I love and Mm. um, and a small yeah keeping I'm keeping afloat but um Mm. yeah no it's great it's great um but yeah at the moment I just I love being with the girls and I want to give the majority of my time I have Mm -hmm. to to them on the daily and um when they're at school I can work all the hours around around the sun that'd be fine (laughs) So if you if you are uh, an expecting mum or um, um, someone that's just given birth, go give Emily a follow because she's got so much stuff on her page and and I think it's really good and really important that when people are pregnant or after they've given birth, guess what? Your body is in a different space mm. and going and just smashing it out you know, isn't going to be the answer for you. So um, be kind to yourself and still keep active. But, you know, mm. this lady has some great tips on how to do that and safely. So, and, and that's the bit that I love that you do as well, right? Because I think women can be really hard on themselves physically. Mm. And um, it's important to understand that we're in a different phase at that time. And, mm. 
our bodies need to be treated a bit differently right so we yeah. can still be active but let's be sensible let's be safe and mm. you know and be it's really educated hard, it's really hard for people like say if you're you're used to doing crossfit mm. six days a week and you train all through your pregnancy um and then you have a really really tricky birth and you you're in a real state of like recovery for quite a while and you're desperate mentally to get back into doing all the things you were doing before but you yeah you just it's your your body is is in a very different situation for a while as well so mm. um although it can be training when you have kids is just a savior for a mm -hmm. lot of people and it's wonderful um it's also very important to do things slowly and safely and um mm. and to really respect that part of your life as well yeah um and that journey rather than just go oh right i have my kids I want to lose this baby weight or whatever it is and mm. Mm. get back into it so um mm. god if this year has shown us anything time well i feel like time's flown this year i don't know about you yeah i mean I this like year it's, just... it's been a i think it's been a magic for everyone in, in mm. one way or another because it's just been so different right whatever yeah. it's thrown at us it's mm. been so different it's been it, you know it, it that's big in itself um yeah. and it's just gone i'm just like where has the year yeah. gone i think because we've been we've been um so consumed in it and mm. not knowing the end um it's we haven't kind of taken a step been able to take a step back and look at it of, as a whole so you're kind of so consumed that suddenly it's like christmas um and yeah time is fleeting um and our bodies are amazing and we you know the process it goes through through pregnancy and healing and it's just amazing mm. so we just really need to respect it and honor it and enjoy the journey yeah <laughs> so where can we find you oh so the best place is on my instagram and i am uh, Emily Williams Fitness um, <laughs> and yeah so there really I mean I'm forever um, threatening to start a, a YouTube but I'm, I'm yet to do to find the time to do that <laughs> you have enough so videos you have enough videos that you could literally just upload all the videos you've got and have like a, a, a stonking <laughs> channel a stonking channel she's this lady must have like a thousand videos I reckon good to go Aww. just she could launch she could launch her YouTube channel and have so much content on there in a jiffy I reckon Aww. Yeah, I might yeah. do that actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so thank you so much for sharing oh, your you. journey of being a mum, what you feel, and certainly that, you know, that experience that has definitely, definitely had a massive impact on how you mother now, and understandably mm. so, right? Um, big things don't happen to us in life and have no effect. It just doesn't yeah. work like that, even if at the time we think it does. Um as you say later on as time goes on and you know for you it could have been very much brought to the top by the fact you were going to be a mother and have young people in your life that were going mm. to be young people like you right who had to deal with something difficult and and when mm. we can go our life and then something will change that can take us back to that space where we're like oh this is now going to become a thing right and mm. and it can then make us think differently and realize that maybe these things did did have an effect on us and they mm -hmm. do impact how we behave and our view and parent and all of these things and um and it's normal for big things to affect us and change yeah. how we navigate life yeah 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 i think the important thing 
is to acknowledge yeah. things that happen, how you're feeling, and to talk about it. And like we talked about, you said it's it's not a weakness to um, feel. <laughs> you know talk about things and and be and there's a strength in in honesty and being open and emotional you know honesty yeah and and it's yeah you're not a stronger person for not feeling or pretending you're not feeling I love that perfect (laughs) (laughs) it's true um thank you thank you thank you it was lovely talking to you yes Thank you for listening and I look forward to introducing you to my guest in my next episode. Until then, don't forget to take care of you.